Hey guys, it's me. Welcome back to 5nothing100nothing.com. And I am Fug It. And that stands for the fittest underdog guru using intelligent tactics. Today, guys, let's talk about a couple of them tactics, all right? So what I want to talk about are um, ways to tell if your fitness pursuit, okay, is obsessive or unhealthy. Now, fitness has an interesting cycle, okay, in an individual's life, depending on, um, you know, time, age, that you get into, um, you know, physical fitness, uh, gym life, you know, diets, things like that, right? And um, it's interesting because this is the pattern that I've, you know, typically seen. And again, you know, I think a lot of it depends on what you're bringing to the table, uh, your your personal DNA, your personality type. But I tend to see, and I've seen this over the years, uh, take place. Is you have somebody who's, um, you know, gets into, you know, working out, enters a gym, uh, learns of the culture, uh, of the eating habits, healthy lifestyle habits, and um, starts to find an identity, you know, starts to identify and find a purpose in pursuing their fitness goals, right? So they go to the gym and little by little, they start to like get really submerged in the culture. They make friends at the gym. Um, they bounce ideas off others or others become like their mentors or gurus. And, you know, all of a sudden they're spending like a lot of time in the gym and, you know, they're, you know, maybe losing body fat and all of a sudden they're losing a lot of weight and they're like really like making, you know, remarkable achievements, you know, um, strides towards their goals, you know, amazing results. And, and then they get to this point where it's like, they're very, they're very obsessed with it. And, you know, they found a purpose and a passion and an identity, you know, in fitness. And they become like this fitness person that, you know, either goes into the industry or, you know, spends a an amazing amount of time and dedication uh, to their fitness pursuit. And sometimes what I've seen is that they'll get, um, they'll see that by controlling their calories and controlling what they eat, all of a sudden, you know, they, they mark it as failure if they end up uh, doing anything that resembles their old unhealthy lifestyle. So um, we call them food Nazis or they just like are extremely religious about it and, you know, won't do anything to like miss it. They will never miss a workout or um, a, a scheduled meal or something that's on their plan of this, you know, um, temple of perfection that they're attempting to create in themselves. And what tends to happen is if they're not, you know, reaching the mark of like eating unbelievably clean 24 seven, you know, 100% of the time, and if they miss a workout, all of a sudden, they're completely, like, they feel guilty, they feel destroyed, they feel defeated by that. And it really takes a hit, you know, their self-esteem takes a hit from it. <coughs> Excuse me. And they feel less than, and, you know, like, like a failure. And so what happens is sometimes people will take it too far, 
their fitness pursuits and their goals before they rein it back in and try to find a healthy balance. And it's kind of a, um, I never get like super concerned. I mean, there have been uh, situations where they definitely need some intervention and, uh, you know, being talked off the ledge, so to speak, when it comes to that, or somebody who, uh, you know, joins a gym and then follows a diet plan to reach a goal, say to look great for a wedding or to run a marathon or to compete in a bodybuilding show, something like that. And then um, they have what I call post-goal depression, meaning they've achieved now the thing that they've set out to do. And they've gotten the, um, the photos or they had the great experience or whatnot. And now they're left going, okay, now what? You know, what do I do now? I achieved it. You know, and they get a little bit depressed about it because it wasn't necessarily about the achievement of the goal, you know, that was so amazing. Although it was amazing, it's now that they're starting to have a revelation that it was the journey to get there that was like intoxicating. It was amazing, right? It was shooting for something, aiming for the prize. You know, they always, you always hear, um, you know, it's lonely at the top of the mountain. And the thing is, is that if you're doing anything in your life just to get achieve the one thing, um, that, that thing alone, and you don't know what that, what that means to you or, you know, the character and the work ethic and everything that's built through the achievement of that goal, you're going to be lonely when you get to the top, right? Or when you achieve that goal, it's like, now what, now what do I do? Like filling a bucket list up. I told you I went through that where by the time I was in my early to mid thirties, I achieved everything that I had had originally set out to do in my life. And I thought, okay, now what do I do? You know, I had no like next transition strategy to doing anything else, you know, that I wanted to do. I said, I did it all now. Now what? And, you know, you really have to have, um, just like somebody who's about to retire, you know, they, um, they have no plan after they retire. Um, they don't have um, hobbies or good home life or whatnot. And they're like left lost. Like you took away my identity. I was the lawyer. I was the doctor. I was the, you know, the CEO or whatever it is. Right. And it's like, especially as men, you know, we get really tied up in who we are is what we do. And it's a scary place to be. And you need to really think about, you know, what am I going to do next? You know, it's never over until you're pushing up daisies. So you're six feet under. And that's something that's, you know, I think something that needs to be. So what I want to do is help you to identify, you know, if it's becoming obsessive or unhealthy and mostly from a, a fitness perspective, but it can be applied generally to other areas of life as well. Uh, first one is you're avoiding problems in your life that need to be dealt with, you know? So there's things going on and you run away or escape to, you know, your rigid dietary control or your time in the gym and you're there four or five hours a day or whatever. And that's the extremes, but it could be even three hours a day, you know, where you're dedicating so much time to it that you're not dealing with other problems that are in your life because you're just, it's an avoidance pattern, right? Second one, it's negatively affecting your relationships or uh, perhaps, you know, your studies, your school or career. So, you know, 
it's understandable that for a period of time, um, if you're trying to reach a certain low level of body fat, that you're not going to be able to go out with your friends and eat at restaurants um, and maybe go to the bar, do uh, things that maybe people in their normal everyday life would do <clears throat> in moderation and on occasion with friends and family, you know, they're, you just avoid it altogether. And it goes on for extended periods of time, not just for a given period of time that was allotted for a fitness pursuit. Okay. Third one, you're making um, progress towards your goals, but you're creating health problems, right? So if you get your body fat level so low that now you're starting to see, um, um, certain types of health issues that um, are associated with low levels of body fat. Um, and all of a sudden you're seeing like fat soluble vitamin deficiencies happening. Um, you know, you know that you've gone too far and you know, you're not having a healthy balance and not just like, Oh, healthy balance between like, Oh, you got to live a little and eat this, eat that. But I mean, like you've gotten it so out of whack. You're so extreme in one direction that anything to extremes is always going to create problems in other areas. And you have to be mindful and conscious of those things. And uh, the other and last one in this video I have is, you know, you can't identify end goals or markers of achievement. So, you know, <coughs> let's say, you know, you want to keep running further because you love the escapism of it. It takes your mind off your problems. It's a stress reliever. And, you know, you just keep running longer and longer and longer. And before you know it, you're logging in 60 to 100 miles a week. And it's like, well, what's your goal here? What is the end goal? It's like, well, I don't have a goal. I just keep running further and further. Well, I've heard it said to me when I was um, running longer distance, people would tease me and say, what are you running from? You know, and uh, I found it funny because that was meant in, in jest, just in humor. But you know, if, if you find yourself not having an end goal, but you just continue to strive in this one direction and you become obsessed with it, it's really not any different than any other addiction in your life. You know, if it's taking you away from balance, from dealing with other things in your life, from being a whole complete balanced person, and it, that there's no end goal in sight, you won't know when you've uh, reached a level of success that is that was measured out and um, you could actually figure if you were there or not then perhaps you're using whatever fitness pursuit it is as um as escapism and not necessarily as something to enhance the rest of your life but it becomes your life so food for thought like share subscribe hope you guys are well keep all of it in balance guys consider those um possible um, you know, factors that need to be addressed if you or someone you love is really achieving great results with their fitness pursuits. So there's a balance there and it's seasons, right? All sunshine makes a desert. Sometimes you need a little rain. Sometimes you need to back off. Sometimes you need to do some refeeds. Sometimes you get out of the gym, let those joints heal. It's a lot of factors, guys. So food for thought and I'll talk to you again soon. Take care.